Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. Welcome to the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Joining us today, it is Austin Keeney. He works, writes, contributes for the folks at Wide Right and Natty Light. Austin, we're glad to talk some Iowa State football. We're previewing Iowa State today. The last team that received a first place vote in the yeah. Big 12 poll. I'm not sure. Do you know? Do you want to take a guess which Iowa State writer? Do you think it was or media member that that put the Cyclones with a first place vote this year? That is a terrific question. I, I don't know who gets media votes. Um, maybe Randy Peterson from the Des Moines Register, just uh, just for fun. I don't know the Cyclone fanatic guys. Maybe something like that. I promise. Wide right does not have a Big Twelve vote, so we did not uh, we did not make that happen. So this this team is you 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 and I were talking before ultimate wild card, right? Um, you know, what's really interesting is, is that this is kind of the position that we're used to, to having Matt Campbell in. He is the underdog this time around. Uh, they are the underdogs once again, after really having a year where the expectations were very high and they did not meet them, they're kind of right back to where we, we always have been. This is kind of a, a team really that is in, in a lot of transition. Yeah, there's actually some really awesome pieces that stuck around, right? Xavier Hutchinson, Will McDonald, two of them we'll talk about. But for the most part, I mean, this team is going to be replacing so, so, so much. But I want to give you an analogy. Jamie Pollard yesterday was on the Big 12 radio show I work on for SiriusXM and said, it's like Christmas. You don't know what the presents are going to be under the Christmas tree. Do you feel like this is potentially Christmas and we don't know what the presents are going to be? I mean, in the sense that it's an ultimate mystery. That's right. Uh, first off, Josh, <laughs> thanks for having me on the show. It's mm-hmm. great to be back. Always good to uh, talk a little Iowa State football with you. Feels like the soft season's just been really long, and now yeah. we're finally like feeling like it's time for football. So, yes. yeah, I, I would describe Iowa State as the ultimate wild card, but in a weird way, if this makes sense, it's almost nice not to have all the expectations in the world on us. I do think that is where Matt Campbell thrives. I think that's where mm-hmm. – this program is a little bit better. Like, I think if you ask anybody, like, are, are you really confident in anything that Iowa State is going to be this year? And they give you a firm answer. I, I probably wouldn't believe them, but I have a pretty good idea of what to expect. And it's just nice to be in that place where we're resetting expectations. And I know, I know that's the big thing with Matt Campbell. You know, don't ask him, what do you expect the team to do? Or Brady Quinn might get mad if he doesn't say, I want to win the Big 12. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of a kind of a great reset. Um, we got a lot of young pieces that, frankly, have stuck around when they might have had opportunities to go elsewhere. We've got a couple of seniors that really stuck around when maybe they didn't have to or they, they could have gone pro last year. I think that does speak to the strength of the culture and the program that Matt Campbell has built that, like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about some specific guys, but, like, Hunter Deckers has been the heir apparent to Brock Purdy for a year and a half at least that we've known about, and – He's had to wait a long time for his turn, for his turn, but he's stuck around, and now he's going to be the starting quarterback. Right, and that's kind of you know that's kind of where a lot of I mean a lot of this conversation starts. Um, what is it you know about Hunter Decker's that kind of makes uh, makes you know, has the belief there? Besides, like we know he's got the arm talent, right? We know we know that that is there. What is it that has people excited about what Hunter Decker's can be for this offense? Well, six months I would six months ago I would have told you it was built like a Mack truck, but like right, he's lost some weight. He's actually lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I think he's actually playing lighter than Brock Purdy did, which might be a good thing. We've seen him run around a little bit, and I'd say mobility 
check. He's got it. Obviously, he's got a great arm. He got a little bit of seasoning, too, last year. Like, he, he played a lot of that Oklahoma game after Brock Purdy got hurt. I know he didn't finish it, and honestly, he looked like a freshman when he was out there, but he's experienced some high-level Big 12 defenses, and he's he's been on the field. So I think there's an idea of, hey, he, he got a little bit of an opportunity to play. He's obviously got the arm talent. He's got some pretty good guys to work with, too, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you think about, you know, are, are we calling Jared Russ a fullback or are we call him a tight end? What, what are we doing I, on this one? He's a fullback. I mean, Jared, right. Russ, Jared Russ is a fullback name. It is a fullback name. And, and he and he was first, he was first team all Big Ten full or Big 12 fullback. Yeah. I actually don't even know who else like we could have submitted for that award. So I just yeah. so I, he kind of de facto got it. The Russ bus, too. I think he's caught like two or three passes in in his entire <laughs> career. So he he's a fullback. Right, right. The H back, I guess. Right, is that is that kind of the fair way to to, to put it? Blocking H back. Sure, sure. Yeah. he could be an H back. Um, so obviously he comes back, and then you know Xavier Hutchinson is is the one guy that we have to mention. I mean, were you surprised at his decision to come back and spend one more year in Ames? I'm not necessarily surprised that he decided to come back, just because I, I don't know what his NFL future would look like mm-hmm. immediately. But he's coming back as a guy. It's kind of crazy when you look at the Iowa State receiver record books. He's already in like the top five in career catches and yards. Right. And with another big year this year, he's, I think he's like 100 receptions behind Alan Lazard. Like it's not unreasonable that he might be able to break the career receptions record. So, mm. yeah, I, I think this is the year. Like he's the unquestioned guy. You know, we had those tight ends there the last couple of years. And, and obviously, Brees Hall that took up a lot of the, I guess the attention on the offense, and this is going to be Hutch's chance to really ball out as the number one option on the offense. Yeah. And I mean, got close to a thousand yards last year. And I, I mean, I, I think we usually think about tight ends being safety blankets, right? I mean, do you think he's going to be the safety blanket this year? Just because of the experience. Well, yeah. And I, I think this is maybe a little bit of the difference between Deckers and Purdy. Brock Purdy was like, um, not sure what the analogy would be where like we had to run every play perfectly and Brock Purdy was really good at what he did, but we would pick up yards, you know, five, six yards at a time. And Hutchinson was really good at running those short routes and getting open. Hunter Deckers has a little bit of a stronger arm, I think, and is going to give us the ability to push the ball down the field, which in theory would give Hutchinson just a, a lot more room to show off his skill set, his route tree, and even more room to work under the field or, you know, in the middle of the field. I'd say he's definitely going to be the safety blanket just because he's got the experience and our tight ends are a little bit inexperienced coming into this year. Yeah. I mean, the other guy that you're looking at really is Jalen Noel, right? I mean, Noel um, or Noel? How is that? How Noel, yeah. You know, Jalen Noel. Yeah. I mean, that's the guy that you really look at that is the other kind of main weapon because obviously the two tight ends, I mean, you know, with Kolar and Allen both being gone, there's a big hole to be filled right there. And it's, it really is going to be both those guys. Uh, but what's going to be the situation at tight end this year? Because it's such a big part of their offense. Yeah. And I'm really curious how much of a part of the offense it's going to be this year. I, I think schematically things might look a little bit different where maybe we don't have two tight ends on the field all the time. Easton Dean is a name that we've heard. I think he actually came to Iowa state as a quarterback. And he's mm. playing, this is like his second or third year playing tight end. He played a little bit last year, but again, a really inexperienced kid. Tyler Moore is the other one, a local Iowan who 
is I believe he's a redshirt freshman too. So not a lot of experience on the field. Um, maybe Russ will line up at tight end a little bit more. I really don't know. But it wouldn't surprise me if we actually tailor our offense a little bit more to the personnel that we have. And maybe we don't have two tight ends or three tight ends on the field all the time. Some of the personnel that they have, I mean, the, the running back room, you know, this, it's so funny. We've, we've, I've done this mm-hmm. twice now, oh, three times now. Because talk about Brock Purdy getting replaced, talk about the tight ends being replaced, now talk about the, uh, the running backs, the running back being replaced. I mean, um, you know, there are a couple times, Austin, where I just said, look, it was a, it was an honor and a pleasure to watch Brees Hall play. Like it really was. I mean, you know, you, I'm I'm going to say the same thing about Deuce Vaughn when he's gone. You know, these guys who are, mm-hmm. um, you know, for you probably not. Yeah, right? no, not I mean, for me. Not for me. Not for you, but for me as somebody who's a fan of the, the whole league, uh, I, I I will say that. Um, it you know, like I think he's gonna have a great NFL career. He just he was such a complete player. I mean, yeah. that streak it just shows you know, he's such a complete player. He's able to really do everything for Iowa State. It was just so consistent, a position where you, you know, it's hard to be consistent because of how many hits you take. Um, what is, you know, what does this running back room look like? Now you've got Jirel Brock. Obviously, uh, you know, he's got you got him there. And then Eli Sanders, a talented freshman, is coming in. I mean, what is the rotation going to look like for them, that running back? Yeah, that's that's the ultimate mystery. This does remind me a lot of 2019 when Brock and Brees Hall came in as freshmen, where we actually had a couple of older guys who started. Like it didn't take; it was about the fourth or fifth game of the year when Brees Hall really took over as the starting running back during that season. So I would anticipate that it's going to be Gyro Brock at the start. And if you want to talk about like culture guys, Gyro Brock, I think he came in as even like a highly a higher touted recruit than Brees Hall. And once Brees took that backfield over, Jairo, I mean, he probably had a 20 offers. He could have gone anywhere else and got carries, but he decided to stick around and he's still at Iowa State. It wouldn't surprise me if he really seizes control and, and has a really good year. But I think the thing with Matt Campbell and running backs, we have options. You mentioned Eli Sanders. Deion Silas played a little bit. He's like, uh, he's he might be even smaller than Deuce Vaughn, if that's mm. possible. He's a, he's a, like a little pinball. And then, keep hearing this name Cartavius Norton is a true freshman I apparently he's been really good at camp I don't know if he's going to play I think that's the rumor that is starting to get thrown around there is maybe we'll see a little bit of him too so I don't know who's actually going to take control I would say Jairo Brock is your best bet at least to start the season and we'll see how he looks but he's got a lot of talent and he's great culture fit so I'm looking forward to seeing him get more opportunity the offensive line is actually one the one spot of the offense where there's some continuity, right? Three mm-hmm. returning starters, I believe, at least, and it's going to be the interior of the offensive line. Yeah, um, Downing, he's the guy. He's, yeah. uh, I think he's yeah. the first team all-conference center. Um, he's another local kid. I know one of our guys, Jared Larson, loves this guy because he's from Creston, and he works for the Creston newspaper. So shout out Creston, Iowa. Uh, Downing's played a lot of football for Iowa State. He's a stud, and – you know, hopefully that is where the strength of the offense lies. You know, we've had some troubles up front, but having a really solid interior, I think, is a pretty good place to start, especially when you're trying to break in a new quarterback. So th- would you say that that's going to be the strength of this offense this year is going to be the offensive line? I would say I don't, if, 
pass catchers? Is that a cop out? You know, yeah, like it's it's fair. It's fair. Hutchinson and Noel, and then we've got other guys who I think have a lot of potential. We just haven't really seen them on the field yet. And then yeah, the interior of the offensive line. I think if you're going to pinpoint those two strengths, that that's probably where you would start. But again, I, we're, we're oh, yeah. kind of a mystery. So who knows? All, maybe, our, maybe our tight ends will be awesome, or maybe you know one of our running backs will be awesome too. Well, I think it just kind of speaks like what we're talking about with the with the Matt Campbell thing. I mean, you know, I I want to say definitively that hey, you know what? It's fine. It could be a you know four and eight, five and seven year because of rebuilding, but it's Matt Campbell, so you kind of expect them to develop the kids, you know, and like the the kids kind of like they're going to be getting better at a pace that they should be getting better at. You know what I mean? They, they kind of should be leaning on each other and making stuff happen. Um, well, that's, that's the crazy thing. If you think about program expectations for Iowa state five years ago, if we had this senior class, we would be thinking, man, we better get to a bowl game this year because next year the cover is going to be completely bare and we're looking at winning two or three games. Right. With Matt Campbell and the way the program is developed, we're looking at this year as, you know, six wins is, 100% within reach, even replacing all those guys. Yeah, I actually went through the schedule, and we'll do that in a little bit here, but I actually I found six. That was that was kind of the number that, that I landed yeah. at. Um, let's talk defense. Let's do it. So this defense last year, in terms of national ranks, 20th scoring, 21st against the rush, 11th against the pass, 9th total. Uh, a little bit a little bit down more in some of the, uh, some of the more advanced stuff. Um, 37th in efficiency, so still top 40, which is pretty good. Uh, 21st in allowing explosive plays, which is really good. 39th in allowing finished drives, so top 40 and, and get, you know mm-hmm. having drives being finished off. And also part of that is the offense putting in a bad spot, and there were some games where the offense did do that. Um, no yeah, and, and um, they return – the nice thing is they return three guys in this defense, one kind of at each level that like you really like, right? McDonald, Orion Vance, and Anthony Johnson at safety. Those are kind of your three, but there's a whole lot of who knows mm-hmm. everywhere in between. Well, that's kind of the great thing is you've got like that one anchor who right. you know, at each level of the defense. Well, and like Gary Vaughn is another linebacker who's played a lot. Uh, obviously, you mentioned Orion Vance. Isaiah Lee has played a lot on the interior of the defensive line to go along with Will McDonald. Guys that aren't household names, but like mm-hmm. the two time. diehards know who they are, and they're just they're looking for their opportunity to to step up, honestly. And you know, I'm not going to say I'm like looking forward to seeing what the defense looks like without Mike Rose out there or something like that. But again, it, the cupboard's not bare. We're we're kind of a mystery. Who knows what we're going to be? But there's there's talent there. The one thing that's interesting is is Will McDonald coming back just just because he's a I mean, you, you kind of wonder about what it's going to look like for him at the next level, right? He's a little undersized, I guess you could say. I mean, he's still pretty big. He's a pretty big guy. Like, he's yeah. not I – mean, he's like 6'4", 245, which is like crazy that we're saying he's a little undersized. But, I mean, you know, in the NFL, we talk about edge rushers. I, we're talking about some guys who are just a little bit – you know, the uh, Miles Garrett's of the world, mm-hmm. the Chase Young's of the world. You know, I, I mean, even in the own in our own conference, talking about, you know, guys like Felix and Adike Uzama. He's not quite – like that, but I mean, he is a, he is for sure. First, he, he's a great college pass rusher. Really is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of what his bill is. And it makes sense. He's coming back. Cause it's one more year to kind of work on maybe some, some stuff that'll actually help him maybe be, you know, excel at the next level. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not going to hear me making this comp like, oh, he's definitely going to be like this guy, but he is getting very close to Von Miller's career sack record for the Big 12. And mm -hmm. Von Miller's not exactly a, a mountain of a man, but he's so right. dang quick at getting around offensive linemen. I think Will McDonald is really good at drawing holding penalties as well. So he's just, it's like so hard to get your hands on him. He's so quick. Uh, if you do grab him, you're probably going to hold him. And yeah, he's going to go break that career sack record this year, you know, fingers crossed as long as he stays healthy and everything. So he's yeah. a, a true blue, like awesome college defensive player. And if he has another good year, he should probably be the big 12 defensive player of the year or a front runner for the award. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, you know, the guys I was thinking about this year uh, was him. It was um, uh, Philly Santa Duque Uzama, who, you know, he's the same. I think he's about the same height, but he's just, he's a little bigger and he's a little faster, I, I think, uh, you know, than Will McDonald is. And then uh, Siaki Ika on the inside for me was the other guy that I, I he's the one mm -hmm. I actually ended up putting because the big fellows in the middle don't get enough respect. Um, but McDonald's going to be the anchor for this defense. But Orion Vance, the guy with a ton of playing experience. And I mean, he's going to, he's going to have to, you know, fit in that, that middle linebacker role and just kind of like be the, the, you know, be the kind of the quarterback of the defense, right? I mean, pass rushers can only do so much for you at that point, kind of captaining the defense because their job is very singular, right? Uh, Orion Vance is going to be, have to be the guy kind of stepping in, in to fill the roles of Mike Rose, uh, fill the shoes of Mike Rose, correct? Yeah. It, you, you just got to lean on that experience. I, I think this is his fifth year in the program. He's had some big moments, for Iowa State, like he was the defensive MVP of the Fiesta Bowl a couple of years ago. So, I mean, he's a plenty capable player. Again, you know, around the Big 12 and especially around the country, you probably don't know who Orion Vance is. But if you're an Iowa State fan, you know who Orion Vance is. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I, I mean, this is his opportunity. He's going to step up and be, you know, kind of the defensive anchor. And then the secondary, are there's, are there, do you have concerns about this? Because the group is, it's going to be a hodgepodge. It's interesting. Honestly, if you're going to ask me, like, what's the strength of the defense, which maybe we're going to get to that, you know, you'd probably start the defensive line. Yeah, go ahead. Just, yeah, go ahead. So, so, so this is the strength of the defense? The secondary, I think, could be really good. You mentioned Anthony Johnson. He's an all-Big 12 defensive player. Bo Freiler, you know, like, Aishim Young was a starter for two years, and then he transferred to Ole Miss. Mm -hmm. Bo Freiler was starting to take his spot and was probably going to be starting this year anyway. It kind of stinks to lose that depth, but I think our safeties should be really good. TJ Tampa is another name that, you know, he played a lot last year as a corner. He actually came into Iowa State as a wide receiver, so he's kind of learning how to play defense. He's one of these, like, really long corners. I think it's like 6'2 or 6'3 or something like that. So, again, it if you're trying to identify strengths, you look at at least three guys who played a lot of football last year who had some pretty good moments. So I don't know where this, that, that's probably where the ultimate mystery is. You know, what, what is the defense going to look like? Cause you think about John Heacock has been around for a long time. There were some, maybe some rumors out there that he could be, you know, close to retirement or whatnot. He's back. And I'm just going to trust the infrastructure of John Heacock and that defense that, Everybody from like Clemson to the New England Patriots went and copied to try and slow down the spread. And everybody in between. I mean, yeah. that that defense, it, it it is the most copied modern defense, right? Yep. That is that's it's like not even close. Uh, let's talk about the schedule. All yep. right, so I I like it. Like I don't think it's a I don't think it's a bad schedule at all. 
your road games are at Iowa, at Kansas, at Texas, at Oklahoma State, and at TCU. So those are difficult, but here's what I'll say. Like for a team like Iowa State, it's almost better off to have the really tough ones in the road yeah. just to be like, you know what? It's a, it's an L, right? Functionally speaking, it's an L. Although I, I do my, my big surprise, my big hot take is we're gonna beat Texas on the road this year. So yeah. everybody, everybody want everybody wants a piece of this. Everybody wants a piece of Texas this year. Everybody's selling them pretty low. We're going for um, four in a row against Texas this year. Yes, so. that is the one that is one thing that could happen. Um I, the one I'm the one I'm interested in is the Iowa game. Because if there were ever a t- so you know this happens in sports all the time. There's ever a year where it was like, oh my God, they they actually did it. Like this will be the year, right? It's it's the year yeah. where nobody sees it coming. Maybe the, the year road special, right? <laughs> yeah. Lose to an FCS school and then go beat Iowa out of nowhere and go like two and ten. It's the year where there's no expectations, where you're yeah. not playing them at home, where you have to go on, you know, have to go play them there. And actually, you know, I think you know people think Iowa's be pretty good this year. Um, this would kind of be like the year to do it, which I think is really interesting. The, the, you know, so I went through it all, Austin. I have them at six and six. Okay. Um, I, I have Iowa as a loss. I have Baylor. The Baylor one at home is nice to have. That one they could win. I think they could win that one. If I could just appeal to Brett Yormark, can we get Baylor to come to Ames in November for once? Can we get them like on a cold Saturday? Instead of playing them earlier in the year, every right, single year. That's where it's going to be kind of, you know, it, it could be, well, it's September 24th, so it shouldn't be like blazing hot, right? I mean, it should be, you know. It, it'll, it'll probably be plenty warm. The thing because, is, I guess that does favor Baylor more than anybody else, right? It's kind of like, you know, they're a Texas-based team, so I guess, you know, that is advantage them. Um, last, year, last year was a gift getting Texas at home in a, in November. We're, we don't normally get those. Can I give you two swing games? I think the two yeah, swing games here. Kansas State, so Farmageddon at home, mm-hmm. and TCU on the road. Okay. If you split those, I got you at six and six. Yep. Makes that, sense. That's that's where I'm at. Uh, I think Kansas State's going to be really it has a chance to be really really good this year because they're, I mean they're honestly the most well balanced team in the Big Twelve. I'm not sure how much. You know, full full on depth they have, but they're really balanced. It's it, they're it's totally dependent on how well their quarterback plays. Um, what what are your swing games? What are your thoughts about this schedule? Where do you see? What's your prediction? Well, I actually think you and I feel almost exactly the same about the schedule. I think the swing games are West Virginia, Texas Tech, um, Kansas State, absolutely, and then Texas. So three of those four games are at home. Last year, we lost to Texas Tech on a 62-yard field goal on the last play of the game. Yes. On the road. We had our worst defensive effort of the year at West Virginia on the road, and we lost on a a Brees Hall fumble on the goal line where we couldn't get a good look at if he was in the end zone or not. I don't know. Yeah, that was tough. Those were toss-ups last year, and those were road games. I think knowing how close we were to beating those two teams and the fact that we get them at home this year, I'm really looking at those – as as games that are going to make or break the team like i said i I threw out the texas one out there i just think we have their number so i've got us at seven and five with that texas win in there if we don't get that six and six i I think that's perfectly reasonable i am not going to say they're going to beat iowa i will never predict a win over iowa until i actually see it happen so um 
I don't, I don't want to dwell on that for too long. <laughs> also, SEMO, Southeast Missouri State. I, I can almost guarantee that we will be in a close game in the third quarter and everybody is going to be freaking out. All right. So, so as somebody who went to the University of Missouri, actually did see a decent amount of SEMO. Um, I think they put them twice in the five years that I was, uh, I was there for four and a half years. So five football seasons. Um, I, I think this is, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that you have to worry about that one. I, I, I want, I, I know, I know the PTSD that Iowa State fans have with, with I, the FCS teams. I get yeah. it. But I don't think you have to worry about it. I, I'm just I'm expecting like, uh, like a fumble six or something and CMOs up like seven to six at halftime, just something stupid like that. Cause that's how these FCS games work for Iowa State. Um, one last question before you get out of here. I'm going to ask you here on this. Will you be watching the Field of Dreams game between uh, your Cubs and the Reds? I mean, they gave us a real treat for this one, didn't they? I don't I don't want to support Tom Ricketts in any way possible. Um, I feel like I, I, I had asked ask because, you know, I, I know you have the, the W flag. That you, pro, you fly very proudly behind you. I was looking up, like, how do you perform a citizen's arrest if I was going to be in Dyersville? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But like, I will watch the game because what else am I going to watch? But man, do I not like the idea of supporting Tom Ricketts in anything? I that he needs to sell the Cubs like now. Uh, yeah, I just asked that also because you, you, the, the Cubs are playing the team mm-hmm. that I cover for Locked On as well, the Washington Nationals. I do Locked On Nationals. So, uh, and the Nationals are winning surprisingly. So there you go. All right, Austin, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, you can find us at WideRightNattyLight.com. My podcast is The Lightcast. It's on the Wide Right, uh, I believe it's the Wide Right Natty Light Podcast Network. And you can find that on Spotify, Amazon, wherever. Going through a series right now where I'm ranking the top 10 wins of the Matt Campbell era. Pulled all our writers for it. It's been a lot of fun. So, um, not spoiler alert, um, just uh, stay tuned, I guess. By the end of this week, we'll have revealed the number one win of the last six years. We've had some good ones to choose from. Yeah, uh, plenty, plenty of great wins to choose from. All right, Austin Keeney, Wide Right, and Natty Light, thank you for helping us preview Iowa State, and we'll talk to you soon. Of course, thanks for having me.